0: been on a series here for a few weeks now. In fact, today will be part seven. We've been talking about reaching your maximum potential as a believer, reaching your maximum potential as a believer. And thus far, we've covered some basic steps. I'll just briefly mention those. But number one, ask God for wisdom daily. Number two, recognize the role of the Holy Spirit in your life. Number three, see yourself as God sees you. We, we covered all these things. And then the last two weeks we took two sessions and we talked about keeping fear out of your life. Keeping fear out of your life. How many of you know that's a really important thing? I, I, sometimes people think, even believers think that, is it possible to go through this life until Jesus comes back? Or, you know, that I can live every day of my life without fear? The answer is, of course, yes. Jesus redeemed us from fear. Now, when I say that, you have to understand, you still have to take a stand against fear. You do, as a believer. Now, when I say that Christ has redeemed us from fear, that doesn't mean that you're not going to feel it trying to come against you, because it it comes to all of us, doesn't it? There's all kinds of fears that people have. But when we understand the fact that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind... Oh, blessed be. That's like putting your sail up and the wind catching it. Amen. God has not given you the spirit of fear. So where does fear come from? It comes from the devil. Right? So we took some time and, and shared that. Now today what I want to talk about, this fifth step here in, in uh, uh, reaching your potential as a believer in Christ. We're not talking to sinners per se, but we're talking to believers. The fifth step that I want to talk about today not quite sure if I'll finish this today, but that's all right. That's why there's next week. Amen. But I want to talk about today, number five, if you're writing and taking notes, having a positive expectation of your future. Having a very positive expectation of your future. Now, when I say future, most people think, well, 10 years down the road, 15 years. Now, that is future. But future can be this afternoon because we're out there yet, right? Two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock, it's not there yet. Yes, tomorrow's not here yet. That's future, right? So when I say future, it could mean short term or long term. But having a positive expectation of your future. The New Testament uses this word. Uh, you may have heard this before, but the Apostle Paul talked about this, and, and it's the word evil foreboding. Have you ever heard that before? evil foreboding what does that we don't talk like that what does that mean it simply means it's having a negative outlook on the future evil foreboding it's kind of like when i was growing up you know they they had this show called hee-haw anybody remember that hee-haw (laughs) some of us the young generation like what the heck is hee-haw okay well it it was a tv show kind of a silly show you know and I remember the one guy, some of these things come back to me, and the guy kept saying, he said, if it wasn't for bad luck, I have no luck at all. Anybody remember that? But, you know, sad to say, a lot of Christians, a lot of people have a, this thing called evil foreboding working in their lives, and they, they expect bad things to happen instead of good things to happen. Now, that doesn't mean that challenges won't come your way. But make no mistake about it, Jesus Christ has provided to you everything in in this life and the life to come to overcome anything that the enemy might throw at us. Amen? The Bible says, whatsoever, are you whatsoever, is born of God. Are you born of God? Overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Now when I say faith, it's, we're not talking about something that it's just within us. We're talking about in whom we believed. The reason we can have faith is because of in whom we believe. It's not something we conjure up within ourselves. It's, it's, it's not what you believe, it's in whom, Paul says, I know in whom I have believed. And so Jesus Christ is the author and He's the finisher of our faith. And so Psalm 62, let's look at verse 5. David said this, praise God, my soul wait thou only upon God. That's a good scripture right there, isn't it? My soul wait thou upon God for my expectation is from him. Now I like that. He says, I'm going to hope in God for my expectation is from him. And verse 6 says, for he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. Now David said this because, you know, he had King Saul that became like demon possessed. You remember the story about Saul and David? King Saul got so jealous, you know. And it all started with, uh, I mean, David. Here's David's fighting for the armies of Israel, you know, and and these, all these women gathered up and they came back and they sang a song. They he said, Saul has killed his thousands, but David's killed ten thousands. Remember that? And here's the thing. David was fighting on the same team as Saul with Israel, fighting against the Philistines and stuff. And David was just doing what, what came to him. He was doing what he was anointed to do. when he fought the Philistines and the enemies of God but the, the women came back and they sang a song and <laughs> things started to go south real quick because they said, you know, Saul's killed us thousands. He's probably like, yeah, that's right. But then he went on, they went on to say, but David's killed us ten thousands. Whoa, wait a second here. He's a threat to me. And so because of Saul's insecurity and jealousy, King Saul became extremely jealous and envious of David. And so he began to eye David. It's a, it's a, it's a fascinating story here. But you know, uh, David even had the opportunity to take Saul out when they were in a cave one time. He had the opportunity to take him out. He was sleeping in a cave. He went over and cut a piece of his robe off just to prove that he could have had him and he didn't do it. He says, I will touch not God's anointing. I I will do him no harm. And he had the opportunity. But David kept his heart right. Now David said, my soul wait thou upon the Lord for my expectation is from him. Now I want to... Underline that phrase, for my expectation is from Him. It's so important that you and I as believers have a positive expectation about the future. Now, by the way that some uh, so-called Christian programs come across, buying tribulation food and, you know, Mm -hmm. dry food and store it up and get a little cabin on the side of the mountain, you can go underground do you know there are actually ministries that are proclaiming that? You've got to be kidding me. That is the biggest <laughs> joke I've ever heard in my life. But yet, people believe that. And a lot of people are becoming wealthy because they're buying that, that yeah. food. You know, yeah. I'll tell you what, the, the ministries that are propagating, they're getting a lot of money because they're propagating fear. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, occupy till I come. Okay, he didn't say go hide in a hole in the ground somewhere. Go buy dried food and storage and so forth and so on. True. Amen. Amen. I remember when the Y2K thing was was big back in the, right around the turn of the century, I mean, for 2000. You remember that, Y2K? Oh, I mean to tell you, people were, I mean, if you're in the business of selling uh, uh, generators, you made a lot of money. But after Y2K, you couldn't sell them for anything. There were so many out there. But uh, I asked the Lord, because I had... I had minister friends of mine coming to me and said, man, you need to really prepare for this. you got to prepare your people. I had stacks of information on this. I mean, printouts, printouts. And I'm like, I took it to the Lord. I said, no, Lord, what do you have to say about this? And you know what? He witnessed to my heart. He didn't speak to me audibly, but in my heart, he said, you have nothing to worry about. It's all, it's a big joke, basically, you know. And when that, when that turned 2,000, they found that out real quick. But let me tell you something. There are people that I knew for a whole solid year before that happened. I mean, they were fearful. They were afraid. You know? Man, you got to get all this dry food and stuff. You know, I know people that did that. Okay? Personally. All right? And uh, but, make a long story short, God doesn't move like that. He's going to take care of us. Okay? I do not believe, according to the Word of God, according to the Scriptures, that the church is going to go through the tribulation. God has not appointed us to wrath. Okay? Now case in point, there's certain raptures that you'll see even in the Old Testament. Types and shadows. You look at Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark is a type of rapture. That when judgment came, Noah and his family, there was eight of them. Okay? And, uh, you know, his boat is still over on Mount Ararat. In the mountains of Ararat. Okay? They found it. Okay? It's on a mountain. All right, where the Bible says it is. All right. And, uh, but that, when, the, when rain came and it rained for 40 days and 40 nights, they were lifted up above the curse when the rain killed everybody else. Isn't that something? That's a type of rapture. All right. God has not appointed you and me to wrath. And the Bible talks about the catching away of the church where the trumpet of God will sound and will we'll, that are alive and remain will be caught up and changed and transformed. Amen. Anyway, that's another subject. But I think it's very positive. So anyway, the Holy, my point being is this. It's really important that we stay extremely positive, you know. Because I've heard preachers, and I'll tell you, sometimes pre- preachers can preach fear and unbelief. Oh, the days are getting evil. Now the scripture does say that. Amen. Isaiah talks about gross darkness shall come upon the people. Gross darkness. And people camp right there. But the Bible goes on to say, but the light of my glory shall shine upon you and you'll rise up. Amen. I mean, this is is our time for the church to get brighter and brighter and stronger and stronger as we see the day of Christ approaching. So we have to have this fifth point I'm talking about here. We have to have a positive expectation of our future. I'm going to teach you how to do that. Has anybody ever heard the word winsome? before someone said God is very winsome well well I looked up the word just to make sure I was accurate and I looked it up in Strong's I'm not Strong's in Webster's dictionary okay 1828 dictionary and it means this appealing engaging charming winning attractive pretty sweet cute enduring lovable adorable delightful enchanting captivating And that's what the word winsome means. And God is the most winsome being that there is. He really is. Amen? And one thing I know about the Lord in my walk with Him, I've been walking with the Lord since 1976. One of the things I've really discovered in my own life as I've developed my relationship with Christ, you know, is that, that God is extremely... Holy Spirit, Jesus, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they're very, and they are extremely positive. They're very positive. Why wouldn't they be? The Trinity, Father, Son, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, I mean, the ones that created everything that we see here. Do you think they're having any troubles? Do you think they're having any struggles? You think God's baffled by anything? No. You don't catch him off guard with anything. And so, no wonder that they're extremely positive. Now, that's how they are. But when it comes to their attitude towards you and me, they're also extremely positive because Jesus, God gave us Jesus. When he did that, he gave us everything. I mean He gave us everything. Nothing nothing fell short. In the death, burial, and resurrection, nothing was left out. He has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of the Word of God. He's given us the Spirit of God, the power of God, the Word of God, everything that we need in this life to be successful. He didn't just stick us down here and say, well, just see how you can make it. You know what I mean? Just try it out. How to make it through life. You know what I mean? He didn't say try. I'll tell you what. When Jesus came out of that grave, he came out victorious. Mm-hmm. He came out triumphant. Mm-hmm. He didn't come out, you know, and look like, you know, guys, I've been to hell and back. You know what I mean? Like me? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he came out as the resurrected Jesus. Powerful. And he's never changed. He's been that way since the power of God raised him from the dead. My goodness, you know. And uh, so he is extremely positive and so he thinks you can make it because he knows you can make it. Every time I've been tempted to quit or give up on something, you know, you cast your confidence away like we all do sometimes. We get, we look at our clocks, we look at our calendars. We think, man, I've been so-called trusting God. Why hasn't this happened in my life yet, you know. all the quit that you might feel is in your head, it's not in here. Amen. There's no quit in your heart because your heart has the Spirit of God in it. You find that to be true? All the quit is in your soul, in your head. And that's why sometimes, uh, it's just some practical advice here. When you're when you're physically exhausted, when you're tired, okay? There was there was a time in my life where I was over exercising. Wasn't that long ago? I was Doing a good thing, but I was over-exercising. Anybody ever been guilty of that? I was. You know what I mean? So I thought, well, if a little is good, let's do more. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, anyway, exercise is good. But, you know, you can overdo it too. And I was exhausted. I was exhausting myself. And so I find myself getting quite irritable real quickly. Getting upset easily. And then worrying about things I normally don't worry about. You know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's just natural things that we're doing, and we're exhausting ourselves, and we're not we're not replenishing ourselves. Okay, now I'm not preaching against exercise; it's good. Okay, but there's a balance to everything, isn't there? And you know, you if you deplete your body, so it can tax your spirit. It's true. Do you ever find that to be true? Mm-hmm. There are times in my past, you know, and and, and uh, I was just man, I was just struggling with something, you know, and. And Lynn knew she had enough sense to say, Keith, just go to bed. You need some rest. (laughs) It'll be better in the morning. (laughs) I like to be real with you because, you know, we're all human, right? And we're not just human. That's not that song. I'm only human. No, we're not just human. We got the Holy Ghost in us. But we have this this treasure in an earthen vessel. We have an earthen vessel. We got to take care of this body. We've got to get enough rest. We've got to get enough sleep. We've got to feed it the right thing. We want to take care of this temple, okay? Not abuse it. We want to take care of it. I plan on being here a long time. The Bible says with long life He will satisfy us and show us His salvation. And I want to be around so I can impact uh, people for, with, with God's kingdom. I don't want to cut it short and check out of here when I had so much more to do. But we have to use wisdom, don't we? So, uh, where was I? God is, is, is extremely positive, and when you walk with Him and you fellowship with Him, um, if, you have, if you're dealing with some kind of depression, or if you're dealing with some kind of fears or worries in your life, I, if you spend time in the presence of God for any length of time, you're going to start adapting His mindset about the situation. In other words, you'll start seeing that from His perspective and not just your own perspective. Okay? Now, initially, when we face things, sometimes we face adversity. You know, it might be family problems, financial problems, job problems, or whatever, you know, with your body. It can seem overwhelming at times. I know what that's like. I've been there many times. But I know this. I know this enough that if I get into God's presence and press in, sometimes you've got to press into that. Amen? Pray in the Spirit. Worship God. Put on some worship music. Whatever. Whatever it works for you. Okay? But when you get into God's presence, you begin to see things from his perspective. And you're like, that used to look impossible, but it's not impossible anymore. Okay? The devil is so super negative. He's just the opposite of God. The devil says, you can't do it. You don't have enough. You'll never, you don't have what it takes. You're never going to make it. Okay? Now, I don't want to be a spokesman for the devil. I want to be a spokesman for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So God is extremely positive, and He knows how to fix anything in your life. He knows how to fix broken things, and that's really important. Okay, go to Psalm 27 real quick here. We're going to look at this verse in verse 13. We're going to look at it in two different translations. First, in the King James. In Psalm 27, verse 13, in the King James, it says, uh, there we go, it says... Now again, David is writing this and he says, I had fainted or I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Let me paraphrase that a little bit. David was saying, I felt like quitting. I felt like giving up. I felt like throwing in the towel. Okay? That's a boxing term for boxers. Throw in the towel, they quit. Okay? Okay? Well, he says right here, I felt like quitting. I felt like giving up unless I would have believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So in other words, he had, when there was no hope in the natural, he put his hope in God. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. Josh, could you bring that up in the, in the message translation here? And this makes it very, very clear here in the message or MSG. This is good MSG by the way. Oh. <laughs> it says here, uh that's Psalm twenty seven verse thirteen and fourteen. <laughs> that's a little messed up there. Yeah. It starts out with uh, I know that's a little messed up that track. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> the, way they, the way they put that on there, it's kind of crazy sometimes. They, it says, I'm sure now I'll see God's goodness in the exuberant earth. He goes, stay with God. Take heart. Don't quit. I'll say it again. Stay with God. Amen. Okay? That's the message. So, in the King James, he says, I, I, you know, I wanted to quit. I felt like giving up. Okay? Sometimes you you want to give up on yourself. Sometimes you want to give up on your kids. Sometimes you want to give up on your financial situation. You just feel like, man, this has been taking so long here. But he says, I would have fainted. I would have given up. I would have quit. Folks, the easiest thing to do in life is to quit. Anybody can quit. Right? Any old dead fish can float downstream, but it takes a live one to go upstream. You look at salmon, how do you ever see how they go upstream and they they jump up over those rocks and try to avoid the bears? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It takes a live one to go upstream. Quitting in life is the easiest thing to do. There's a dime a dozen. There's people you can see all over the place. They quit. They give up. They give up on their walk with Christ. There are people back in my day that I got saved with that were on fire for God back in the 70s. I mean, you would have thought they're the next evangelist. They're the next Billy Graham. And then just a few short years later, I found out they're backslidden, not serving God, not quit coming to church, quit serving God. And by all all natural evidence, it it even appears that they're not even saved as far as their lifestyle goes. You see, if everybody could do it, everybody would do it. But the easiest thing in the world to do is quit, give up, cave in. But let me tell you something. When you stand up in your faith and you stand against adversity that comes against you, and though it may look like it's not working, it may look like it's not going to change. When you stand and you keep on, that's why Ephesians says, having done to stand, stand therefore. People say, I've done everything. He says, keep standing. Amen. Keep standing on the word of God because the word of God cannot, will not fail. The biggest lie the devil will throw at you and me is the same big, fat lie that he threw at Adam and Eve. Hath God said. Do you really think God meant what he said? And that's what he'll do to you and I. He'll say, yeah, I know it says it in the Word, but it's not going to work for you. Okay? Well, he's a liar. He's the father of lies. Jesus called Satan the father of lies. And there's no truth in him. So if he's lying to you, if his lips are moving, he's lying. And if he's, if he's speaking, you know, the opposite is truth. The devil says in your mind, you're not going to make it this time. You just flip-flop it. Turn the corner and say, yep, I am. I'm going to make it with me and Jesus. We're going to make it. Amen. Amen. Not too long ago, the Holy Spirit witnessed to my spirit. You know, we have a living relationship with God. and He talks to us. He wants to talk to us every day. And he shared something with me. I was praying one day, and he says, Keith, I've been with you since the very beginning. He says, I never left you one time. And I've been through some hard stuff in my life, some different things, okay? Just like a lot of us have. I'm not here to talk about that. But he says, every single one of those things that you went through, I was right there with you. Amen. Praise God. Though it didn't feel like it, though it didn't seem like it, I was right there with you. Amen? But When you stand against adversity, those roots, because sometimes, you know, when you face things in life, you're like, do you ever ever say out loud, I can't take any more of this? I'm like, man. But you know what? The God in you can. And when you put your trust in Him, regardless of what you see with these eyes or hear with these ears, no matter what it looks like, your faith is going to get deeper. Your roots are going to grow down and get deeper in Christ. And so the things that used to shake you and the things that used to rattle you will no longer do that because now you're founded, your faith is growing in Christ, growing in the Word of God so that you don't run off. You know, the easiest thing to do when you face adversity is to go kind of like, I don't want to be around anybody, take off. You know what I'm saying? That's a dangerous place to be. Now, don't grant me, there's a time to be alone with God and so forth, but You know, don't let the pressures of life separate you from the body of Christ, separate you from God. The Bible says nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ. Amen? Amen. So, uh, let's go over to the New Testament here. Where's our time going here? Mark chapter 5. If you want to go, Mark chapter 5. We'll start in verse 25. And so, I'm talking about this fifth principle here. Have a positive expectation of your future. In the time left that I have, I want to teach you how to do that. Not just we need to have a positive expectation, but I want to show you today how you can do that. And I want to make it so simple that a second grader can get this. Okay? In Mark chapter 5, we, we see this incident here in the life, in one of the days of the life of Jesus, where there is a woman, we know this Scripture, let's read this as if we never read this before. This woman had an issue of blood. She had an incurable blood disease that was wiping out her finances. Not only that, it was draining her of her the very life that was in her. Ultimately, it would have killed her. All right? She was in a desperate situation. And I want to show you something here about supernatural hope, okay? So it says in verse 25, there was a certain woman... Which had an issue of blood twelve years, so we know she had a twelve year. Verse twenty six, she had suffered many things of many physicians. She had spent everything that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. Now, isn't that something? She had spent her life savings on doctors and and people that quote could help her. She thought so till the point where she literally exhausted her resources. She ran out of money. Not only was she had an incurable disease, she was seeking the physicians, thinking they could help her, and they couldn't help her. It says she got worse instead. Now this is a curse, isn't it? She's sick, and then she's broke. All right? Verse 27. When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched His garment for she said, If I might but touch his clothes, I shall be made whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? The disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked round about her that had done this thing, and The woman, fearing, in verse 33, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done to her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. Being a woman, she told him all the truth. Okay. And he said unto her, daughter, your faith, notice that, hath made you whole. Go in peace, be made whole of thy plague. Okay, let's just look at this from a little different angle here. Um, She had an incurable blood disease for 12 years. We know that. She sought out the physicians. Uh, It doesn't say how many, but she probably went to several, thinking, well, if this doctor, then maybe this doctor, you know. And so she had emptied her savings account, her bank account, to the point where she had nothing left. And then not only that, she didn't get any better. She got worse. So... Wouldn't you say that she was in a natural hopeless situation? But there's a phrase here that I want you to see here that is the turning point. Verse 27, look at this. When she heard of Jesus, she must have heard something about him that she hadn't heard about any of the other doctors. Now hold your place here real quickly and go over to Matthew chapter 14. I want to show you something here. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 35 and 36. And I want to show you something here. It says, And when the men of that place had knowledge of Him, that's Jesus, they sent out uh, all that the country round about and and brought unto Him all that were diseased, in verse 36, And besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. For as many as touched him were made perfectly whole. Okay, notice that. Now go back to Mark chapter 5, and let's pick this up. In verse 27, when she heard of Jesus, okay, now obviously she hadn't heard of Jesus. She had exhausted all the, the, the resources as far as the medical profession was concerned. Med- we, we thank God for medical doctors. Well, you know, they're, they're fighting the same devil we're fighting. But the, let's just face the fact they're limited. They can't do certain things. They can't heal diseases. All right? We thank God for medical science, what they do. They're on the, they're on the side. They're on our side. Amen? And, uh, but... This woman had exhausted all the resources. She had done some research, obviously, and found out that they couldn't help her. So she had a, a situation, a very negative situation, in fact. And, uh, but in 27, when she heard of Jesus, so here's what I want to bring out this woman had heard something that built supernatural hope within her. This woman had heard something that built supernatural hope within her. She had, somebody had told her that these, these, like we just read here, as many as touched the hem of his garment, okay, were made perfectly whole. So there was a track record of other people that had done this. Okay, in other words, there was proof that people that had terminal diseases, you know, may not have the same situation that she did but they had terminal diseases or whatever. And as many as could get and touch the hem of his garment. Hallelujah. Or his prayer shawl, basically, somebody said. All right? And they were just, it was, that was their, their contact. And she says, if I can just get to him, I can be made perfectly whole. Amen. And that's exactly what she did. Now we know that, that it wasn't easy for her. Now, if it was easy, everybody could do it. But, you know, we're talking travels back then with donkeys. There was no public transportation. There was no buses or Uber <laughs> or Lyft. Okay, she didn't pull out her iPhone and say, okay, I want an, I want, uh, an Uber to pick me up and take me over to this next part of the town. It didn't happen like that. She had to walk. She had to hoof it. So not only she had a, she had a, a, a blood problem... She was losing blood. She was anemic and she was losing strength. And, and she said she found out where he was. She had to literally pick up and go where Jesus was. Now, I don't know how far she went, but you can only imagine in her weakened condition that she went to him. And she was, she, But she had a supernatural hope. She kept saying, the Amplified says, she kept saying. She kept saying. Now, this is before she was healed. She says, she kept saying, "If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole." Amen. Now, she had supernatural hope given to her. How do you and I get supernatural hope when there's no natural hope? We get it from the word of God. Okay? That's, that's how you get supernatural hope is when man says, "There's no hope, when the doctor says, "There's no hope." I've talked to many people that have had terminal things. The doctor said, we've done all we can do. There's no hope. Well, when they've said that, you know, that's natural hope. But then there's supernatural hope. And by the way, that some people talk about God, you know, they make a poor example. And they represent God horribly because, you know, they give people the impression that, you know, that uh, you never know what's going to happen to you. <laughs> you never know when you can be taken out of this earth. You know what I mean? You never know. What, there's no promise for tomorrow, that kind of thing. Listen, when you walk with God, you do have a promise for tomorrow. Yes, yes. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. As many as touched him were made perfectly whole. Now we, we, we see the rest of the story that she pressed in. She came through the press and she fought her way through there. And uh, in fact, Jesus didn't even know she was there. Think about this. She snuck up on Jesus. (laughs) Skin cognito, as they would say. She snuck through there. And uh, when she touched his garment, he felt something go out of him. It says virtue, where that means power, anointing. She felt something go out. He felt something go out of him. And he stopped because here's the picture. Jesus is with his disciples and there's also hundreds, if not thousands, of people that are there thronging him and wanting to touch him. But, but Jesus said, whoa, who touched me? And the disciples made mention of this. They said, Lord, everyone's t- touching you. Bro. What do you mean someone touched you? And you know what the Greek says? Somebody made a demand on my power. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, if you get shocked, you know it. You ever been shocked before? not a pleasant thing. You know, you touch a wire or something, you know, like, whoa. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, we're not talking about electrical current here. We're talking about the power of God. Flew it out, and Jesus stopped. And the disciples said, Lord, everyone's touching. And he says, no, someone made a demand of my power. And he looked around about, and, and then she fessed up. She said, yep, it's me. He says, daughter, he didn't even say my faith made you whole. He said, your faith made you whole. Now, if her faith made her whole, Your faith can make you whole. Yeah, but Pastor Keith, you know, I I don't see Jesus' robe. I don't see His garment. How can I go touch His garment? You don't need to be there. You don't need to touch His garment. You can touch the Word of God. The Word of God takes the place of the absent Christ. Because Jesus is the Word. He is the living Word. Just speak the Word only, and your servant shall be healed. Amen? Amen? Jesus and His Word is just as real as Jesus in the flesh. Think about that. Now what if Jesus appeared right here in this auditorium and he grabbed my Bible and he stood up and here's Jesus, his robe, his beard, beautiful Jesus. And he read a scripture in 1 Peter 2.24 and he says, by my stripes you are. Are healed. 1 Peter 2.24, boom, he vanishes. Okay. Well, how many of you would be excited? Well, sure you would. Well, we have the same word. It's just as real and just as supernatural as a visitation from God himself. Because when you take God at his word, that's the highest faith that you can have. The highest faith that you can have is just taking God at his word. Now, just because of time here, in Hebrews 11, one says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. How do you get supernatural hope? Well, hope comes from the same source that faith comes from. That's the Word of God. When you first hear the Word of God, you may not have faith right then, but you have hope. For Like, for example, if you never heard that it's God's will to heal you as a believer, if you've never heard that, the first time you hear that, it produces a hope. Like, wow, you mean I, I, I can be healed? But nothing's happened yet. You just have hope. You're like, oh, man, I can actually be healed of this thing. Amen? Well, as you get into the Word of God, the hope starts to turn and shift into faith where like, I don't just hope for it. I grab a hold of it right now. Amen. And the Amplified says faith is the title deed. You know what a title deed is? When you pay off something, you pay that car off. with it. The bank sends you a, title, a piece of paper. It says, title deed, proof of ownership. Amen. Amen? The Word is our title deed. The Word of God. How we treat the Word of God is how we treat Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The highest kind of faith. Well, I'm on that, go to Romans. We'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up here. Romans chapter 4. The highest type of faith that any believer can have, the highest, do you want to know what that is? It's simply taking God at His word. Amen. Well, I know, Pastor, if Jesus appeared to me or an angel appeared to me, I know I would have some more faith, but that's not always the case. Ask John the Baptist. John the Baptist, thank God for him. Amen. But, you know, he was there And he baptized Jesus in the Jordan River. I can take you to the exact spot. It's still there. The exact spot where Jesus was baptized. Lots of people were there. You remember the story. And on that day, here's the Son of God. As He's being baptized, John saw the Spirit like a dove, not a dove, but like a dove, descending upon a light shaft, descending upon. That's how he knew that was Jesus. It was a shaft of light from heaven. You know what I'm saying, and uh, and then a voice, which was the Father's voice, spoke from the heavens and said, "This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased." And you have in one setting you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. Amen. John the Baptist witnessed this along with some other people. He was there. He was there, right? Now you think by experience, you thought you would think, you know. Let's just be honest. If you were there, you think, I'll never doubt again. Man, oh, we were in this place, and the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit showed up, you know. We saw the Holy Ghost. We heard God's voice. Then Jesus was right there. Father's, the Trinity, Elohim, <laughs> all in one place. you think, I'll never have a doubt again. Just because you see a miracle or see something doesn't mean that you're always going to be strong in faith. And I'll show you this. Because just a few short chapters after that, some people started persecuting John the Baptist. And they took him to prison. They were going to behead him. Remember that? They took him to prison. And he had some disciples, and he sent them back to Jesus with this message. Are you the Messiah, or do we look for someone else? Is that, did you ever read that in your Bible? Now, wait a minute. Just a few t- t- chapters before that. John, you were there. You saw Jesus. You saw the Holy Ghost. You heard God's voice. Wait, what, 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 what's going on here? What, what happened here? Because just because you have a supernatural experience won't sustain you when you have another need that will come up. And Jesus sent back message. He says, blessed is he that is not offended in me. He was telling John the Baptist, don't be offended if you get persecuted. Don't take, don't take it personally. Don't take offense to it. Amen? And he, be, he was under pressure and he began to doubt. Okay, now I've seen miracles in my life before. I've seen people. I remember uh, arms and legs growing out and right before my very eyes. You know what I mean? But you know th- that happened years ago. I saw that and so forth. You know, it happened in one of my meetings actually when I was an assistant pastor. You know, and I was just new in the ministry, and there was a class that we were teaching at the time, and we called some. We, I, I felt led to say. Does anybody have back problems here? And so, people, some people raised their hand, and one young guy came up, you know, and he had, and uh, I had seen this done before, so I did the same thing. I said, Sit in that chair. (laughs) He sat down. I said, Put your legs out. And uh, sure enough, the one leg was about that much shorter than the other one. I said, Put your back all the way against it so you're not cheating here, okay? And uh, remember that? And his leg was that much shorter, you know? And uh, man, I was stepping out on the limb here, you know, and I said, in all the class, there was about thirty people in this new believers class, and I called them forward and I said, "We're going to see a miracle right now." Mm-hmm. Man, I was just bold as a lion, and I said, y- y-, "I said we're going to all on the count of three, we're going to say in the name of Jesus as a class." I said, "One, two, three. In the name of Jesus." And sure enough, I had my hand underneath this person's foot, and the leg just just grew out. Now they, the class went wild. Okay? And this was in a church that we were associate pastors in in Colleen, Texas. And I mean, it just, the news of that thing just spread like wildfire. You know what I mean? And, uh, but you know, we were just doing what the Word of God had to say. But you know, just because I saw a miracle there doesn't mean that a month later or two years later that I would get a challenge where I didn't have doubt trying to come against me. Because you'll never get to the point, even, even though you might have had things happen and you knew undeniable evidence it was God. That doesn't mean that you still won't have challenges and you still have to trust God. You with me now? So it's it's really important that our faith is in the right thing. Our, Our faith is not see I I don't believe in healing because I saw someone get healed. I don't believe in salvation because I saw someone get saved. I don't believe in deliverance because I saw someone get delivered from a habit or something. I believe because the Word of God says it. That's See, our faith has to be in the written Word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but His words will remain forever. Hallelujah. So here in, in, in Romans, we'll close here today, but in Romans chapter 4 and verse 17. I don't know about you, but I'm learning some things here today. Praise God. But in Romans chapter 4, Starting in verse 17, we see this by the name, the guy by the name of Abraham. His name was Abram. God changed it to Abraham. You know the story. In verse 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations before him who believes, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Who against hope believed in hope that he became the father of many nations? According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. In verse 19, being not, despite Abraham says, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. What constitutes strong in faith? The next word says giving glory to God. Hallelujah. He was strong in faith. you want to be strong in faith? I do. How many here want to be strong in faith towards God? Amen. How many want to be weak in faith? If you are, you came to the wrong place. <laughs> I don't want to be weak in faith. I want to be strong in faith. Amen. I want my faith to grow in God. Praise God. But it says that he gave glory to God. Or let's put it this way. He had a promise he was going to have a child when he was 100 years old. And his wife was basically the same age. Okay, They're not having kids at that age. They couldn't even have kids in their younger years. She was barren. Even in her younger years when she could bear children. You you would say this is a hopeless situation until God steps in and calls him, changes his name from Abram to Abraham which meant father of many nations. Okay? And it says that, now we know that Abraham was not instantly strong in faith because uh, of, uh, what's her name? Yeah, the wife. Hagar. Hagar, Hagar yeah. Yeah. Well, something's working, right? <laughs> because Sarah. You know, the culture was a little bit different back then. Sarah said, you know, I know God said that we're going to, I'm going to have a child, but, you know, maybe, just maybe, he's going to use Hagar to uh, bear you this child, right? And so he said, okay, sounds good to me. Stupid move. Sometimes it's good to listen to your spouse. Other times it's like, bad move. It sounds practical, sounds wise, but then you're like, no, that's, that's not right. So he just went and did it and so forth and so on. And here comes Ishmael, right? (laughs) And to this very day, to this very day, there's conflict between Isaac and Ishmael. Over That's what you see over in in the Far East. That's why you see the the Arabs come out of of, uh, Ishmael. Now God loves all those people. But the promise was to come through Isaac. Now, Isaac simply meant this because he came, Isaac came through uh, Sarah, the promised child. And Isaac simply means laughter. God made me to laugh. Amen? See, back then, you know, it wasn't just like, my name's Jimmy, or my name's Sam, or my name's Fred, or, you know what I mean? Where names had meaning. And Isaac meant laughter. ha. Ha ha ha. Now, Ishmael will make you cry, but Isaac will make you laugh. Because Isaac is the seed, it's the promise, it's the Word of God. Now, Abraham didn't become a faith giant right away. Obviously, he, he tried to mentally figure it out. Okay, well, I'll take your advice, Sarah. You know, I'll go to Hagar and you know what happened. But ultimately, what happened was... God says, no, your wife, Sarah, you're going to bear a son. That's the promised son, even in her old age. Now, this is amazing because how many people do you know, women in this case, that are 100 years old and the husband is concerned about other men hitting on her? Does that Does that make sense? God reversed, this is another thing that I promised that you and I had. The Bible says he renewed, Psalm 103, he satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. Your youth can be renewed like the eagles. That's a promise in the word of God. And she became so youthful looking that other kings were like, who is this woman? Look at Abimelech and people. You know what I mean? They're like, who is this lady, you know? Well, she wasn't some shriveled up, old looking person. Let me tell you something. She was, God reversed the age process with her to the point where she was able to bear children at 100 years old. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Now this is supernatural hope. And it says Abraham became strong in faith. Now, you have to understand, folks, sometimes... It disturbs me sometimes when people kind of laugh at this kind of stuff. And they think, yeah, I know the Bible says it, you know. But, hey, you know. And uh, I started talking to someone way back. You know, not somebody in our church. They were Christian. I said, you know, God says in Genesis that man's day shall be 120 years. So I'm shooting for 120. Amen. 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 And, uh, (laughs) And look. I don't want to live 120 years. You know what I'm saying? Well, you can have what you say then, right? If you want to check out when you're 80, 70, you'll have at it. You know what I'm saying? But I, I, don't, I don't feel that way. I, I want to be here as long as I can possibly be here to win more people to Jesus, to teach more people the Word of God, to impact people. That's the only reason I want to be here. I really do. I want to finish my course, run my race, and minister to more people that I can possibly minister to. Glory be to God. So, so in conclusion here, you know, Abraham that says he was a, who against natural hope, believed in hope. He had There's no natural hope they could have a child. All they had was a word from God. You're going to bear a son. You're going to bear a child. All right? They just had a word. Just a word. A word from God. But that's all you need is a word from God. One word from God can change everything. Yes. Amen. Amen. One word from God can change everything. And the Spirit of God who lives on the inside of you will always breathe supernatural hope inside you when all natural hope is coming against your mind. Say, uh, too much time has passed. Too much water's passed under the bridge. Let me tell you something. It's never too late with God. Amen. And it says, Abraham basically through caution to the wind, he says, who against natural hope, believed in hope, hallelujah. And he, he said he considered God faithful, hallelujah. And he gave glory to God before the baby ever showed up, before she was pregnant. He just said, hallelujah, praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He gave glory to God. He gave Now, all of us here could do that. Now, if you wait for the manifestation to show up in your life, whatever you're trusting God for, And it and it shows up. It's easy to praise God then, because there's no faith involved. It's like it's already happened. You're like, Hallelujah! Got my miracle. Praise the Lord. So-and-so's turned around. My daughter turned around. My son turned around. My grandkids turned around. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. That's not the time. That is important to get excited when that happens. But the time to really exercise your faith and get excited is when your eyes haven't seen anything. Your ears haven't heard anything yet. and in, 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 in light of natural contradiction coming against you, you stand there and say, Hallelujah. And, and, and you put it on. You may not feel like praising God or thanking God, but do it anyway. Do it by faith. And you just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, praise you, Lord. And I'll tell you what, if, if you start to practice that and do that, it won't be long before you start seeing those things like popcorn. You know, it's like when you put that popcorn in a microwave oven. You don't hear any pops at first, right? You put it on there and it's, shh, it's running. All of a sudden, pop, pop, pop. Ha, 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 ha. Hallelujah. Now you may not see anything at first, but when you begin to praise God and thank God and worship God and get caught up in that, not only will you see miracles, it'll keep you in a spirit of expectation where like you wake up Monday, I'm like, "Hallelujah, it's Monday, right, Peg? It's Tuesday, Hallelujah. It's Wednesday, hallelujah. And so you you wake up with a a week, a daily expectation. Amen. It's not gray Monday or dark Tuesday. It's glorious Monday. Wonderful Tuesday. Because your hope and your expectation, it has to come from the Word. It has to come from the Holy Ghost. Believe me. Trust me. He is there to give you and instill supernatural hope to you. Even now, some of you may be facing some... Some adversity and that's not a word of knowledge, it's just we're in this earth. And there's adversity, and there's certain things that you're facing, all right? And you're like, "When, God, when? When's it going to happen?" It's like when I, when I was growing up, my parents used to take us on vacation. I remember we went twice to Niagara Falls. And back there, my dad had a Rambler station wagon. Anybody remember Rambler? My dad used to buy Ramblers, you know, and those those cars back then were big, man. I'm telling you what, and those are the days before seatbelts and all that. I think they might have had them, but you didn't you didn't have to wear them. They, so they just my sister and I, and it was a really long back end in the in the station wagon. We put our sleeping bags back there, our pillows, you know, and uh, and this is before even Route 79 was even there. You know, you had to go all the way up 19, <laughs> you know, and uh, we kept saying. When are we going to get there? How long, Dad? He said, well, we'll get there. Don't worry. We'll get there when we get there, you know. And, and uh, finally, it's, we showed up. Hallelujah. I thought, man, this took forever, it seemed like, you know. Sometimes we can do that with God's promises. We're like, when, God? When? When? And God just saying, just stay at it. Just stay. You'll get there. You're on the right track. Keep moving. Amen. You're on the right track. You're moving. You're in faith and you're trusting Him. So, what we believe is important, but who we believe is even more important because God is His Word. God and the Word are one and the same. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Father, we worship you right now in this place. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Oh, we love you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God.
1: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. More brova rechte ha gre More will come and brote savro doste prete. More will come and brote savro doste. Roste pra locote la varro mosa frede. And more, 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 more and more. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So, as you walk in my ways and you walk in my precepts, you'll see that there's only more, more, more that will come to you. And more will be given unto you in every manner and every way. So, take part of my presence, take part of my word, take part of my glory, and you'll see more and more and more and more. Oh, and there'll be such exceeding greatness and exceeding joy. Oh, for my glory, my glory, my glory is on the loose. My glory, my glory, my glory is upon you. Oh, so I thank you for this, Lord. I thank you for this, Lord. Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you,
0: Lord. You You got something
1: else? Yeah. And nor brother de Ha ha ha. No, you don't break de stembreke. For when you will come from more and the next of all, no se el oh, more, there's more, there's more, there's more.
0: Did uh. not I say, saith the Lord, did not I say in my word that you go from faith to faith and glory to glory? And as you trust my word, rest assured that my promise is just as real as it was thousands of years ago when it was initially spoken. Put your faith and put your trust in my word as if I appeared to you. For you see, my word has not lost one ounce of my power and my anointing and my glory. The same power that was resident when it was initially spoken and written down is just as anointed and just as powerful This day as it was back then. So take a leap of faith and take a jump of faith. That is in my word. For you see, my word cannot, will not, and will never let you down. When you stand upon my word and you trust my word, it's the surest foundation that anyone could ever have, saith the Mm -hmm. Lord.
1: Yes, Thank you, say, Lord. For don't deceive, Redanical. You but break a stove rabacristidi, and they were grasto for Ramaste for it will come forth and I'm sato, for my power will brought the sacred day It will come in a yes. mighty wave, in a yes, mighty Lord. wave, it will roast the fred de guisha for and everyone will bross the fred de for I will come and bross the and more fred de sabre.
0: Yea, saith the Lord, wait wait not for a special feeling in order to do this. Don't wait for some natural thing to happen, but step out in a childlike faith and decree and declare what my word plainly says. And when you step out in faith, you may not feel anything. You may not see anything right away, but as you step out of my word, know this and rest assured that my word carries the same power and same glory. And yes, even resurrection power in it that will resurrect dead things in your life. It will bring back to life things that you thought were dead and gone. Hallelujah. So take Masika.
1: Uh-huh. And more peace will bro receive and receive, receiving, receiving, and more will broste fratolota save rodoce, and you will rest in more grace, and you will rest in more grode. and my brovote, and my robote, rosso so fra Know
0: this, saith the Lord, my word says that grace and peace are multiplied unto you through the knowledge of my word. And you'll notice this. You'll notice this, saith the Lord, that as you stand upon my word, the more you lean, the more you trust, and the more that you rely upon me, the greater degree of peace, you supernatural peace, yea, the peace that passes understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. So, mendokistesa, (inaudible) Rok tala geshe se Tomareke Yes,
1: yes, you'll see. You'll see it on every hand, on the right hand and on the left and before and behind you. You'll see it as the days approach. You'll see my presence. You'll see an increase of my anointing. You'll see an increase of those things that you so desired. Oh, it shall be as natural, as natural and seem so simple. You won't have to work it up. It'll just be a natural thing. It'll just come naturally. Naturally, because yeah. that's who you are naturally. yes. yes. Hallelujah. Yes, hallelujah. Let's hallelujah. praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's praise you, Lord
0: Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, in 1 uh, Corinthians chapter 12, Paul talks about uh, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And there's, there's nine manifestations or nine gifts of the Holy Spirit mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There's three gifts that say something, there's three gifts that do something, and there's three gifts that reveal something. Three, 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 nine. Okay? Now, in the New Testament, uh, the nine, the manifestations, there were, in the, in the Old Testament, there were seven manifestations, and there were two that were added in the New Testament. That's tongues and interpretation of tongues. Those were not in the Old Testament. But you'll have word of knowledge, word of wisdom you know, gift of special faith in the Old Testament. that you will not have, in the Old Testament, you will not have tongues and interpretation of tongues until after Jesus poured out, when He was raised from the dead, poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit. And there were two added to us in the New Covenant, in the New Testament dispensation. And that is tongues and interpretation of tongues. Okay? And to, today, that was a manifestation of, uh, and it wasn't some, certainly something that we pre-planned or pre-thought because it came at the spur of the moment. But the Bible says that we can teach and admonish one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And sometimes at the spur of the moment, when it's not even premeditated, like what just happened right now, the Holy Spirit said something to our body right now to edification, exhortation, and comfort. That's what prophecy is for. Because uh, tongues and interpretation is equal to prophecy.